What's up, YouTube? It's your favorite delusional clairvoyant coming at you. <laughs> YouTube? What? I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Uh, so We got a great show for you today, folks. <laughs> yeah, we got some bones to pick. Oh, I'm going to let you just go. <laughs> you can just let me go off, eh? Go off, let girl. You fucking go. Okay, guys. So, um, we got something to say. We <laughs> <laughs> We love all our paranormies, all our followers, all the people who rate and review us and give us great feedback and positive and negative feedback that helps us to improve the podcast and how we do it. Um, However, we are both working ladies. We, this is not our full-time job. Um, for those who do, don't know us or who don't care to know us. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, so, you know, when we do this podcast, it's on our own time. And, like, myself, like, I work six days a week, most weeks. Mm -hmm. So, we're literally getting together, like, in the, like, few hours that we have. Like, the only downtime we have to put it together and sometimes not every episode is great is as engaging or whatever as the others also we just started can i call you as well also we're not professionals by any means yeah we're we do this for fun we do this because people like to hear what like these stories we like to hear the stories we like telling and, them and we like telling them and we also like getting together and having fun yeah. and so when this podcast doesn't become fun, that's a problem for us. So yeah. that's why we add all the kind of banter and other elements to it that make this fun for us to do. Right. So you like, let me tell you, sitting in my room on a Sunday night for three hours editing the audio yeah. isn't the fun part of the podcast. Like, yeah, that's that. I don't whatever. It's so fine. anyway, it's fine. I just want, we just don't so, have anyone else helping us like. We're the only ones doing it, and we're amateurs. We're not professionals. We have no idea what we're doing, really. Um, regardless, we're, we still, I think that we still do our best to bring we do. good content and to the table. And at the end of the day, um, those that write negative reviews and kind of cut into the people that we are, or really just pinpoint small little nuances that can kind of get... Like, they're not the whole scope of the show. No. So, we're letting you know. I'm going to let you know. This is a disclaimer for anyone who has just started listening to us or anyone who has listened to us and doesn't understand the formula for or the, the format of this show. Yeah. The first 15 minutes, we basically kind of warm up, get into it, talk about each other's lives because a lot of the followers, listeners that we have know about Marie from the beginning of the show, which was almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I was added on later. And we want to be able to um, just update, update our... and, and, and let them know. Because a lot of them actually are on our personal social medias. And we do and talk to them. Yeah. And, and get to know their personal lives. So it's kind of our way to easily kind of let them know what's up. And how mm -hmm. we're doing. And some of you guys love it. Those that don't, you can just skip ahead 15 minutes yep. and you can get the ghostly content that you want. Also, some of the content that we do, like stories that we do um, include on this, 
aren't super scary because not every single listener that we have wants to listen to super scary stuff. So we try and keep it light here and there. So if you're looking for like a super, super scary podcast, this, you might be able to find some episodes that are super scary, but sometimes we try and cater to more of a light listening scare. Yeah. Not, holy shit, I can't sleep at night. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a paranormal podcast, but it's also like a comedy podcast. It is a comedy podcast. I hate saying yes. that I'm like, oh, I'm I'm in comedy. Like, yeah. it's not... I don't take it too seriously. I'm not, this is not an investigative podcast. Exactly. It's very much like a formula, like to just like, I don't know, use one of the most famous podcasts out there. Like my favorite murder, they're talking about true crime, but the first 15 minutes of their episodes are witty banter. Like I laugh so hard at some of the things they say. Like, yeah, it's, it's a true crime comedy podcast. Our personalities are in line with comedy more than it is with, spooky scary yeah. like dark dark stuff but we so we're not gonna love talking about we it. still love talking about it but but we're not gonna change our personalities to um suit that genre the whole way through and to be fair 99 percent of our reviews are positive reviews super nice reviews We've and you guys have re- come to can i call you too and written nice reviews yes. thank you so much for that we've just recently gotten like i think like two or three one yeah. star reviews that First of all, they weren't, this is the thing too. I can understand if they were like, the sound quality was bad. Like, those are good. That's good feedback. Great though. feedback. That's because good how feedback. am I to know if it sounds good on my device and it doesn't sound good on yours? How mm. am I to know that? Which yeah. is fine. But these reviews were not like that. These reviews were pretty personal yeah. and, and just mean. And it's like, the one of them, I just looked up the username and I told Nicolina that one of them. I found eight other reviews that they wrote, and all of them were one-star reviews. So, yeah. I mean, like... We take those with, honestly, that. like, yeah. <laughs> like, go fuck yourself. Obviously, we take some of them with a grain of salt. Some of them were not, like, they're kind of just, like, passing comments. And maybe not necessarily our target audience. They're looking for a different kind of paranormal podcast. So, we try not to get too hung up on, on any negative reviews. But um, the ones that are kind of just, like making fun of our character (laughs) and like who we are as people. Um, like that's fine. If you don't want to get to know us as people, that's completely fine with us. Yeah. Skip 15 minutes in. Yeah. That's, that's all we ask of you. You don't need to, you don't need to write a review about how terrible we are when we talk to each other at the beginning of this episode. Cause a lot of our listeners do like it and they really appreciate it and they feel they can relate to a lot of our stuff. The people that can't relate, skip, skip, minutes. skip through. Because not we don't expect everyone to relate to what we're talking about. Yeah. Not everyone is a 30-year-old woman who, you know, is married and is in the dating scene yeah. and has whatever. You know, there's not... We can't relate to everyone out there, but we're doing our best to try. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that that's it. all we wanted to say before we get into our main banter uh today which i think we'll probably cut a little shorter than usual yeah and just get right into horoscopes yeah okay cool you can okay yeah so i'm gonna do the gemini horoscope first so difficulty reaching others could plague you today gemini emails might not go through or you could be stuck in an endless telephone tag 
You may want to stop trying, but don't give up. Keep at it. Find something else to do while you're waiting. You'll make contact eventually. What you have to discuss with these friends could prove gratifying on more than one level. Okay. I don't know if that's... Not really. I mean, Stephen texted me today and was like, hey, just so you know where I'm working, I don't have a lot of service right now, so... Oh. That, I mean, that's... that's something. That's something, but other than that, like, not really? Mm-hmm. No. That's a kind of... It was very specific. My therapist did just text me saying, hey, I can't meet Tuesday at 4. Can we do Wednesday at 4? Oh. So maybe that means maybe. don't give up. Just say yes to Wednesday <laughs> at 4. Sure. Because I was going to be like, no, just fucking forget it. I'll go cry. Yeah. And figure it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I got yours here. Okay. Leo, don't expect much luck with computers today, Leo, particularly when it comes to writing or communicating with others. Okay. This is like the same horoscope. Yeah. Malfunctions with technology could plague you throughout the day. If you want to get a message to a friend, the best way might be to visit in person. Creative efforts could be hindered the same way. Today is a great day to fall back on good old pen and paper. What? No. Bye. <laughs> that, that was not an accurate horse. Not at all? Okay. I, my phone's been working fine. Great. And good, good for you. That's weird. Like, good is Mercury retrograde? Why is everyone's horoscope about weird technology? Technology and yeah. malfunctions and not communicating. I don't know, girl. Um, before we move on to the spooky stories, we actually had a contest on our Instagram that we're, our, yeah. it's finished now, so we can pick a winner. Um, I've put all of the Instagram handles in a bowl, and Nicolina will pick one out of the bowl. We'll shake it. We're doing it live, guys. It. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm I don't doing think, it live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I don't know if anyone can hear me shaking the bowl, but go ahead and okay. just pull it's one out. it's being shaken. That's, take that Do whole I have thing two? with you. No, you don't. Okay, it's one? Just, okay, yeah, it's, it's whole this one. one. Oh, oh, oh this, this so seems happy. like it's like oh this is fate this is um mary yeah um alonzo yeah who is uh, a very loyal follower and we love her and yeah um we can't wait to send you your paranormal, paranormal gift. gift i'm so glad it was mary because like she's been a uh, steady list like a huge supporter of the show since the very beginning of it yeah but I'm so happy it was her. That's good. As soon as you pulled it out, I gasped. I was I so excited. I honestly did not think it was going to be like, yeah, I was like, wow. Uh, okay, great. So Mary, okay. you get the cross stitch and then we'll do another, we'll do another thing. I can make something else and we'll yeah. set that up and do another contest. Um, so you can go ahead because you're going to read your ghost story first. Sure. So basically, um, uh, this episode is going to air just before Friday the 13th. So we decided to do a Friday the 13th um, episode. Basically, we've chosen stories that are um, events that occurred on Friday the 13th that were... Um, mine is more of a crime-centric, true crime-centric um, story. Whereas Marie's is more of a... Um, what, what was you going to call your story? More like a conspiracy theory conspiracy at the end of it. Theories. It's true crime conspiracy theory mixed in. Yeah. Um, but as you know, Friday the 13th is notorious for its paranormal and uh, unfortunate events. So I think that, it, that this this theme will work for, for you guys. Um, 
So I am going to start. Mm -hmm. And my story is about Kitty Genovese, mm -hmm. who um, was murdered on Friday the 13th, um, on March 13th. And uh, basically, I took the information from a few different sources um, how the murder of Kitty, Kitty Genovese created the bystander effect from All That's Interesting by Katie Serena. Histories, Mysteries, Silent Witnesses, The Kitty Genovese Murder. Um, and an article by Andy Campbell in HuffPost US called This Woman's Murder is the Reason You Can Call 911. I'm so excited because I've always heard about this yeah. case. And there's a documentary on Netflix that I've been meaning to watch, but I haven't. So I've actually never heard the whole story about this. Right. So I'm excited to hear you tell it. Well, buckle up. <laughs> okay, bitch. Let's go. Okay. So can the date really provoke a murder? It's the question some people asked when at approximately 3.15 a.m. on Friday, March 13th, 1964, a woman was murdered. Her name was Kitty Genovese. She was 28 years old, self-assured beyond her years, and had a sunny disposition. However, on that Friday evening, none of that mattered. As Kitty Genovese was stabbed to death in an alleyway outside her home, the friends and neighbors she had lived next to for several years stood by, choosing not to get involved as she lay there dying. The actions of these neighbors thrust a small-town crime into the international spotlight, sparking a highly public discussion and coining the term for what they had done, the bystander effect. Mm -hmm. Around 2.30 a.m. on the night of her attack, Kitty Genovese left the bar she worked at and headed for home. She had been working as the manager of Eve's 11th Hour Bar in Hollis, Queens for the past few years. Her home, an apartment she shared with a friend, was in Coo Gardens, roughly 45 minutes from her apartment, a commute she took via car. A few minutes after she left, she stopped at a traffic light. As the light changed and she pulled away, she never noticed a car pull out of a nearby parking lot and onto the road behind her. She also never noticed that it followed her all the way home. Jesus. At 3.15, Genovese pulled into the parking lot of the Long Island Railroad Station parking lot, which was about 100 feet from her front door. The car that had been following her pulled into a bus stop parking lot down the street. The man inside was named Winston Mo Mosley, a 29-year-old man with a wife and three kids and no criminal record. Until that night, what, until that night, what sparked the sudden drive to kill in, in Mosley? Did Friday the 13th bring out the evil in the seemingly harmless man? Maybe, but one thing is for sure. Kitty was brutally murdered outside her apartment and reports claim that up to 38 witnesses did not, nothing to help her. Read traces of the events that night say that Kitty Genovese made her way from her car 100 feet to her apartment while Mosley approached her armed with a hunting knife and stabbed her in the back twice. That is like one of my biggest yeah. nightmares. Yeah. Upon being stabbed, Genovese screamed, running towards her home. Several neighbors heard her scream, though only one, Robert Moser, recognized it as a, cry, as a scream for help, and he didn't do more than tell Mosley to leave that girl alone. Oh my god. Yeah. After stabbing her, Mosley ran away, leaving Genovese to crawl to the door of her building alone. However, 
Though witnesses claimed to have seen Mosley get in his car and drive away, within 10 minutes he was back searching for Genovese. Oh my so God. So she was alive at this point. She, and he came back. And he came back. So in those t- 10 minutes, like people could have done something to help her to yeah. go see her. And she was just lying And there? she was just laying there in, the, in her hallway. Oh my God. He eventually found her half conscious, conscious, lying in a hallway just inside her apartment building. Before anyone could see her, Mosley stabbed Genevieve several more times, slit her throat, raped her. Oh my God! Robbed her and ran away, this time for good. An ambulance finally arrived at 4.15 a.m. to take her to the emergency room. But Kitty Genevieve bled to death before she made it to the hospital. Oh my God. The entire series of attacks took half an hour, but the first calls to police weren't until after 4 a.m. A few witnesses claimed that they had called the police, but that their calls weren't given priority. Others claimed to have called, but not reported on the severity of the crime. Others stated simply that they thought of calling the police, but assumed someone else would instead. Jesus. Mosley was picked up six days after the attack during a burglary. While in custody, he confessed to the murder of Kitty Genovese, describing in detail the attack and the motive, which he claimed had been to kill a woman. Oh, neat. Neat. I decided I would go out and find a girl to kill. He never once showed a sign of a remorse or sensitivity. Something else motivated him, not with an intent to rob or rape. It was something darker. There was an evil in him somewhere, and on that day, the devil emerged, as if suddenly, but as if it was without control. He wanted to destroy her body in any way possible. Her mother had... um. His mother had had operations regarding the genitalia, and he did to Kitty the horrible things he envisioned happening to his own mother. Like, that's not an... I'm sorry, that's just not an excuse. Whatever. Well, no, like, it's not an excuse at all. Like... But I don't know. Fuck? They just... The the investigators... Yeah, well... Came down to this idea neat. that it was related somehow. Despite the gruesome nature of the crime, it took almost two weeks for anyone to take notice. Then... The New York Times ran an article with the headline, 37 who saw murder didn't call the police. And a quote from an unidentified neighbor that claimed he didn't call the police because he didn't want to get involved. Some are reported as watching, peering through windows and pulling up chairs to see what's going on. First of all, I didn't want to get involved with what? Saving a woman's life by picking up the fucking telephone? Yeah, the night elevator operator watched the entire event take place and did nothing. What? And then a man in the hallway where she was attacked a second time. This is insane to me. I'm sorry, this is actually insane to me. A man looked down and saw her being brutally murdered and did nothing. Oh my god. Suddenly, Genovese's murder was uh, was rocked New York City. Hundreds of people viewed the murder as a sign of the callous and impersonal lifestyle that came from living in a big city, while others mourned the loss of empathy in the citizens of New York. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And you're really riled up about this. I'm sorry, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, the amount of times I've called 911 is maybe... Too many? Maybe three times I've called. Yeah. Not 911. I've called 911. We've talked about this before. Once. We've had this conversation. I called 911 when I just saw someone getting in a, like a verbal argument on the street with their boyfriend and looked as if they were might be in distress. Yes. I didn't know what would happen after, so yeah. I called the police. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, 
it's crazy to me that you would think I can understand that. why some people don't, P- yeah. namely minorities. I can understand why they don't. Yeah, they don't want to get involved. But for these people to be in their apartments looking down, at, not all of these people are minorities. These are white men mm-hmm. also looking mm-hmm. at her and not yeah. doing anything. So basically like, what they... In the, in the 60s, women were often criticized for living independently and without a partner, seemingly blaming victims of such heinous, cri- heinous crimes on the victims themselves. Neat. Yeah. Meanwhile, psychologists became fascinated with the neighbors that bore witness to this vicious attack. How was it that someone could see an attack or witness a crime take place and do nothing? Right. Social, social psychologists began researching the effects of groupthink and dis- diffusion of responsibility and coined the neighbor's actions the bystander effect. Before long, the case made its way into virtually every psychological textbook in the United States and United Kingdom, using the neighbors as an example of bystander, bystander intervention. However, in recent years, the very basis of the widely known psychological theory has been put under questioning. After the death of Mosley in 2016, the New York Times issued a statement calling their original reporting of the crime flawed. While there was no question that the attack occurred and that some neighbors ignored cries for help, the betrayal of 38 witnesses as fully aware and unresponsive was erroneous, the statement read. The article grossly exaggerated the number of witnesses and what they had perceived. Hmm. None saw the attack in its entirety. Except for the elevator man. Except for the elevator man and the guy who saw her being murdered in her hallway. Right. As the event occurred more than 50 years prior to that statement, there was obviously no way to know for sure how many people did or didn't witness the crime. Right. However, the most shocking legacy left behind by the vicious murder was the one carried by the neighbors, the ones who quite possibly looked away the other way during the murder, who on that fateful night on Friday, March 13th, ensured that Kitty Genovese would be remembered by thousands of people as the inspiration for a psychological phenomenon rather than an unfortunate victim. Right. Adding another horrible event to the horror that looms over every Friday the 13th. There is one positive, and I use that term loosely, outcome from this terrible event. Due to the outcry, local politicians rallied around a national emergency response system, which experts say led to a unified 911 protocol in 1968. Up until 911, New Yorkers could dial zero for an operator and get in touch with their local precinct for help. Right. Sorry, I just quickly wanted to interject because I was like, the amount of times I've called 911, right, and it I wasn't, remembered yeah. 911 wasn't a thing, but you could still call the fucking police. There are still people yeah. to call. Anyway, so totally, keep yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Um, so the 911 system grows more or less directly from the outcry from Kenny Genovese's death. Um, and, oh, so Kevin Cook, author of Kitty Genovese, The Murder, The Bystanders, The Crime That Changed America, told NPR in 2014. So, yeah, basically that is the cat was the catalyst for, nine, for 911 for being created, which an unfortunately horrible event had to happen for that Jesus. to occur. But now we have a means and a way to, to contact the police immediately. Um, without thinking, I guess we're going to be put on hold. Like, I don't know why still you would be like, oh, this is an inconvenience. Yeah, I'm just not going to call. I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to pull up my chair to the window and watch. Yeah. Disgustos. Terrible. Get out of here. The fuck out of my... At least they found the guy, I guess. at at least there's that.
All right, I'm gonna do one that is true crime and conspiracy and Friday the 13th all rolled, rolled into one. To one package. Sweet. I'm going to do the murder of Tupac Shakur. My sources are Wikipedia, CNN, uh, an uh, article by this website called Capital Extra, and a website that's just called Joe, J-O-E. So, Tupac Shakur was, for anyone who doesn't know, he was an incredibly successful American hip-hop artist, and he was fatally shot on September 7th, 1996, in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada. It happened around 11.15 p.m., uh, when the car carrying Shakur was stopped at a red light at East Flamingo Road and Koval Lane. He was 25 years old. He was struck four times, twice in the chest, once in the arm, and once in the thigh. He died from his wounds six, day six days later on Friday the 13th. The night of the shooting, he attended the Bruce Selden versus Mike Tyson boxing match with Suge Knight, who's the head of Death Row Records, at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. After leaving the match, one of Suge Knight's associates, Trayvon Lane, spotted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson. He was a Crips gang member from Compton, California, and he was, in, he was spotted by Trayvon Lane in the MGM Grand Lobby. Earlier that year, in May of 1996, uh, Anderson and a group of the Southside Crips had actually attempted to rob Trayvon Lane in a Foot Locker store. Lane ended up telling Tupac, and then Tupac ended up attacking Orlando Anderson for that. Okay. So Shakur asked him if he was from the South, which means, like, I guess the South, like, the area where yeah. the Crips were. Yeah. Uh, and punched him in the face, knocking Anderson to the ground. Shakur and Knight's entourage assisted in assaulting Anderson, the fight was captured on the hotel's video surveillance, and the fight was broken up by hotel security. After the fight, Shakur went with Knight to Club 662, which was owned by uh, Suge Knight. Shakur had told his fiance Kadada Jones, about his involvement in the fight because he had promised to return to her after entering the MGM Grand and had her stay in the vehicle. Uh, he ended up leaving with Suge Knight afterwards, and they changed clothes. Between 11 o'clock and 11.05 p.m., Shakur and Knight were stopped on Las Vegas Boulevard by officers from the LAPD Bike Patrol for playing the car stereo too loudly and not having license plates. The plates were found in the trunk of Knight's car. They were released a few minutes later without being cited. At 11.10, while they were stopped at a red light at the intersection of East Flamingo Road and Colville Lane, in front of the Maxim Hotel, a vehicle with two women in it pulled up on their left side. Shakur, who was talking through the window of his car, invited them to come to Club 662. Okay. At 11.15 p.m., a white four-door late-model Cadillac pulled up to Knight's right side, Orlando Anderson was seated in the back. They rolled the window down and rapidly fired gunshots at Shakur. One of the bullets went into Shakur's right lung. Knight was hit in the head by fragmentation. There was a bodyguard named Frank Alexander, and he said that when he was about to ride along with Shakur in Knight's car, Shakur asked him to drive Jones's car instead in case they needed additional vehicles from Club 662 back to the hotel. So I'm assuming he was like, yo, just take another car. 
-hmm. because if we meet like girls or yeah. our other friends then we have we'll need, more room yeah, right yeah the bodyguard reported in his documentary before i wake that shortly after the assault one of the convoy's cars followed the assailant but he never heard from the occupants uh yaki Gaddafi was riding in the car behind shakur with bodyguards at the time of the shooting and along with members of the death row entourage refused to cooperate with officers after the shooting. Okay. Even though the vehicle had a flat tire and Knight was injured, he was able to drive Shakur and himself a mile from the site to Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon Avenue. They were pulled over by the bike patrol, who alerted paramedics through the radio. After arriving on the scene, police and paramedics took Knight and Shakur to the University Medical Center of Southern Nevada. They were pulled over just steps away from the MGM Grand. According to an interview with the music video director Gobi Ramini, or sorry, Gogi Rahimi, mm -hmm. while at the hospital, he received news from a death row marketing employee that the shooters had called the record label and had and had threatened and had threatened Shakur. Yeah, Gobi told the Las Vegas police, but they claimed uh, to be understaffed. Oh. No attackers came to the hospital. Shakur said that he was dying while he was being carried into the emergency department. At the hospital, he was heavily sedated, was placed on life support machines, and was ultimately put under a medically induced coma after repeatedly trying to get out of bed. He was visited by Jones and regained consciousness when she played Don McLean's Vincent on the CD player next to his bed. According to Jones, Shakur moaned and his eyes were filled with mucus and they were swollen. Uh, and then she said that she told him that she loved him. Mm. Knight was released from the hospital the day after the shooting on September 8th, but he wouldn't speak to anyone until September 11th. He told officers that he heard something but saw nothing the night of the shooting. A spokesman for the officer said Knight's statement did nothing to help the investigation. So he was seated in the car right next to what? him. He said he heard something, but he didn't see anything. Weird. Yeah, and he, then he like apparently wasn't helpful. Okay. At uh, the time of Shakur's hospitalization, the officers reported having no leads. Sergeant Kevin Manning said that during the week that the off during the week that officers did not receive a whole lot of cooperation from Shakur's entourage and friends. Odd. Yeah. Rahimi and members of Shakur's group called the Outlaws, guarded Shakur while he stayed in the hospital due to their fear that whoever shot him would come back and finish the job. Obviously, that would be my right. first thought, too. Right, right. While the critical care unit on the afternoon of Friday, September 13th, or sorry, while in the critical care unit on the afternoon of Friday, September 13th, 1996, he ended up passing away of respiratory failure that led to cardiac arrest after they removed his right lung. Doctors attempted to revive him, but could not stop the hemorrhaging. His mother made the decision to cease medical treatment. He was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. And just remember that time, 4.03, because it comes up later. Okay. In 2014, a police officer who claimed he witnessed Shakur's last moments said that Shakur refused to state who shot him. Oh. When the officer asked him if he saw the person or people who shot him... 
he responded by saying, fuck you, to the officer. That's what? his last words. So the, the officer didn't come out with this information until 2014. And I don't know how much I believe it, but it was in the article. And, I, and it, it was actually in multiple. <sighs> fuck you, man. It was in multiple articles that that was his last words. And I feel like back then too like you're not going to be a snitch because then you're right now now, now we've got a target on you and he had like a like a group of people that were in his entourage so exactly. he didn't want to put a target on their back exactly yeah um paramedics oh and here we go so so let's just rectify this quickly because i feel like i might get crucified for this okay paramedics and other officers present at the scene did not report hearing him say those words okay nor did knight or bodyguard frank alexander who were also present okay so just so you know an officer said that he said yeah it, but he but may everyone not else said no he fucking didn't okay okay so i'm gonna get to the conspiracies now because that was his death so Suge Knight said that he paid $3 million for Shakur's cremation. And then I wrote, I don't know how much it costs to what? cremate someone, but $3 million sounds astronomical. That's astronomical. Like, that seems weird. He also said that he, that he cremated him the day after he died. And then apparently the man who performed the cremation has since disappeared and he was never seen again. The fuck? Also, Tupac's social security number was not registered in the official death index. Which is strange. Okay. Some people think that his stage name, which was Machiavelli, right. was a hint that he planned to fake his death. If you switch... <laughs> I'm such a loser. If you switch around the letters in Machiavelli, you get, am alive, okay? <laughs> wow. Which means that Tupac was pulling Voldemort shit way before J.K. Rowling. Oh my god. His album, The Dawn, Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory, was also released under that name and featured him as Jesus Christ on the cover, who came back after seven days. Some people believe that Tupac is still alive and living in Cuba. A video, which has had nearly two million views on YouTube, shows Suge Knight joking around with a man that looks a lot like Tupac while in Cuba. But the clip only shows the back of the man's head, so I'm going to go ahead and say no. Yeah, maybe not. No. Some people think that Suge Knight plotted the murder. He right. was in the car with Tupac when he was shot, and some people believe he may have been involved, although no link has ever been proven. Yeah. Uh, he was charged with the murder with murder after allegedly run allegedly running over two men and killing one following an argument on the set of two, the Tupac movie All Eyes on Me in 2015. Some people believe that the FBI staged a cover up. Many fans believe that Tupac was killed by the FBI in an attempt to end violent rap culture in the midst of the infamous West Coast versus East Coast hip-hop war. There's also a belief that they killed the notorious B.I.G. for the same reason, but it's never been proven. Mm -hmm. um, some fans believe that he was sending cryptic clues to his fans through music. On a song by Richie Rich, he rapped, I've been shot and murdered, can't tell you how it happened word for word. Some fans believe in what is called the seven-day conspiracy. They notice that the number seven is, free, is, sorry, is a frequent consistency throughout his life. He was shot on the 7th of September, aged 25, 2 plus 5 is 7. Okay. He died at 4.03 p.m., 4 plus 0 plus 3 is 7. Okay. His birthday is the six, was uh, on the 16th of June, by the way, the day One before me. Six, yeah. One plus six is seven. 
Um, some people believed he would return after seven years, but they are still waiting. And then didn't it also say something up here about, uh, oh, his album was the seven day theory too, right? Right, right. That, that's kind of yeah. interesting. Uh, a music video came out in 2006, 10 years after his death, for a Dutch artist named Chilo. It might be Kilo, but it's spelled C-H-I-L-O. Okay. I should have looked up the pronunciation. And apparently, Tupac is in the background of one of the shots. I looked at it. It's it, not him? It looks like him, but, like, it could. it's grainy. It could also be any other bald black man with a goatee. In April of 2019, a photo of an older-looking Shakur came to light where his tattoos seemingly match up perfectly with Shakur's. Interesting. That one that's was interesting. More, yeah, because I, I looked like, at it. We're looking at the, there's videos of Shakur, like that video of Shakur, like he probably looks exactly the same as he would have 15 years ago, which would exactly. mean that it's probably not him. Exactly. This this photo of him, it, it does look like an older photo of him. Right. I don't know what his tattoos looked like, yeah. so I'm going to believe the fans that have found this but like that's that's weird unless some like really super fan got all the same tattoos in the same placements which i mean is possible it's totally possible i've seen weirder yeah i've seen weirder i've seen a girl with drake tattooed over her forehead yeah yeah uh apparently there have been numerous sightings of him he's been spotted posing for photographs with the likes of beyonce i saw that photo that was weird yeah um okay i've not seen that Unless somebody, like, photoshopped it, but I find it, like, weird that it would be, like, honestly, it just, it looks like an older Beyonce, like, not from the 90s Destiny's Child Beyonce, an older Beyonce, and it looks like she's standing right next to an older Tupac. Yeah. Like, that's what it looks like, but, I don't know, is it just a man that looks like him that maybe was like, can I get a picture with you? Like, I don't know. Or, I don't know, people do crazy shit with Photoshop, man. Yeah. Um, and he was spotted with 50 Cent. He's been spotted at a basketball game, the 2014 BET Awards, and even a Lil Wayne concert in 2009. Nice. But the most significant sightings that could be considered real, uh, sorry, that could be considered real was probably when he was spotted hidden away in the Thug Life 2013 video by his friends, the Outlaws. Right. So apparently he is in there. Um, there, I have, like, seen numerous photos of him, like, hanging out with his friends, like, yeah. and everyone being older, but it just, it just seems crazy to me that, like, like, everyone's just chilling with this guy? Do you think people are just, like, aging his photo and, like, putting them in pictures with these people? Because I feel bad, like, I don't know, anyway, I feel bad because I think it's likely, there's more that I have to read here, but, like, I feel like it's likely that he's definitely gone. yeah. And, like, I feel bad that his loved ones have to keep dealing with shit like Yeah, this. no, that would really get to you. Okay, so in 2017... Oh, this was weird. This this one's weird, too. In 2017, Suge was on the phone with Ice-T. He was on the phone. He was in prison. So the, they're being recorded. Okay, okay. And um, he was speaking to them for a TV series called Who Shot Biggie and Tupac. Mm-hmm. And he said, when Pac died... Dot, dot, dot. If he really did, you know? Oh. And then he said, I mean, when I left that hospital, me and Pac were laughing and joking. Um, He also said, I don't see how somebody can turn from doing so well to doing bad. Hmm. So so then another guy says, so you seriously think that he might still be alive? And then he said, or he replied, I'm going to tell you that with Pac, you never know. 
On trial for murder at the time, do you guys think that Suge felt like it was time to start drip feeding the truth, being that he knew that his days were numbered and he had nothing to lose? Oh. Huh. Maybe. The official coroner's report had Tupac's weight listed as 215, 215 pounds, but his driver's license said that he was 168 pounds. That's a huge difference. So, obviously, people can put weight on. Yeah, but that's a lot. But it's 47 pounds, and it was in the span of four months. Yeah, that's not... You, yeah, there's no way he put on 47 the pounds. The license was issued on May 11th of the same year. Weird. So, 47 pounds in four months unlikely yeah um and yeah i don't remember he seeing, was him like, as a, uh, seeing pictures of him being he was in good now. physical condition it wasn't like he was like yeah like he didn't look at he, he was didn't look 40 he didn't look 47 pounds heavier muscle or fat yeah at all mm-hmm. anyways um the official coroner's report had his uh height being listed as 72 inches tall which is six feet but his driver's license said he was 5'10". So he grew two inches in four months at okay. the age of 25. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's further evidence of the shadiness around his shooting, and it comes from the simple fact that he wasn't wearing his bulletproof vest. Which he always wore. He, wa- he always wore it. And I remember when he first died, my mom and I were driving in the car, and there was some guy calling into the radio station and it started literally, like, the day after he died, people being like, it's a conspiracy, he's alive, because of the bulletproof vest. Right. He always wore a bulletproof vest because he was obsessed with protecting himself after he was involved in another shooting two years earlier. Yeah. So, for him to not have his vest on at a high-profile public event, right. like a Mike Tyson fight, is That's... very, very out of character. Right. Especially if he just got into a fist fight. With with a crip. Right, 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 right. Like, do you not think Why he'd would be you... like, I'm not fucking going anywhere without my bulletproof of vest? And that's that's the conspiracy theory about it. What do you think? I think he's dead. I still Sorry. Think, I, I still think he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's there's just so many unanswered questions though around it. Like yes. how doesn't Suge Knight know who the fuck shot him or why didn't any of them want to participate in trying to help figure this out. We already said why. Oh yeah, I know, but <laughs> gang violence. It's gang violence. <laughs> I okay, okay. So that's it? That's the only reason why we don't know who killed him? It's just gang violence? Okay, then then he's dead for sure. I think he's dead. Okay. I fully believe he's dead. Yeah, I mean I'm sure he I'm sure he is. I just also what and then Suge Knight planting like questions about it. Yeah. Is also weird, but maybe he was just like just trying to stir the drum, pot? Yeah, like just, yeah. I don't that's know. What I thought, too. Trying to keep the legacy going? Yeah, maybe. Like... I don't know, girl. I don't know either. I, I... Bottom line is I think he's passed. And that's very sad because he was, like, yeah. brilliant. He was brilliant. a brilliant artist. Brilliant. He really was. Yeah. So, it's sad. But... Um, all right. All right. Do you want to do some fuck, Mary kills? Or a hometown haunt first? Oh, yeah. I guess we should do the hometown haunt first. I guess... That's a long I one. I guess. I think I read the last one. Do you want to read I it? It is, it is... It's meaty, but I'll long. read it. Yeah. Okay. Lego. She wrote this to me on Twitter, so... Okay. That's why it says, Hi, Marie. Okay. But no worries. 
Hi, Marie. My name is Alexis. I'm from Maryland, and I absolutely love your podcast. I'm only on episode 26, but I've been binge listening for a few days. I even made all my friends sit in a circle and listen or put it on speaker for my coworkers. Safe to say I'm a huge fan. I do have a pretty long paranormal story that I think you'd enjoy and feel free to use it if you'd like. So I lived at this townhouse around 2015 to 2018. It never really felt like home, just kind of like a place that I stayed. A lot of strange things started happening and eventually just felt like pure darkness whenever I walked through the door. So it all started with my friend. Her mom showed us this little game you can play with a pendulum. I didn't think much of it. You just hold a little necklace with a heavy weight on it and say a chant. Then you ask questions and it moves one way for yes and one way for no by itself. I just thought it was the unintentional ticks of my hand because there's no way you can keep it completely still. That is until strange ass things started happening. Stage one was that I became addicted to it. I would just sit for hours asking it questions and asking it to do things. Oh my God. Not that I ever saw it do what I asked, but it's the concept. Okay. Anyways, one day I was downstairs in the basement with my friend and we were just laughing and joking around and suddenly out of nowhere, the lights just go out. I am terrified of the dark, so I bolted up the stairs, my friend in tow behind me, but as we were near the top of the stairs, the door closes and locks. Oh God, I remember this now. This you know, is terrifying. You know when you're in the dark and um, your eyes slowly get used to it? No, it just kept getting darker and darker. Ugh. And I swear behind my friend was just a small part, was just a small part that was darker than the rest. I don't know how I did it, but I got the door to unlock and we stumbled out of the basement and nothing happened after that. For the rest of the day, for the rest of the day, fast forward a couple of days and I'm sitting on my bed with my sister. The headboard is pressed against the wall in the middle of the room and the door is on and the door is on the wall in front of my bed to the left. Okay. So super visible. Okay. We were just checking TV when the door opens, watching TV, sorry. We were just watching TV when the door opens. I don't think much of it because occasionally my dad would open the door and just stand there looking at us because he's an asshole and loves to scare (laughs) the shit out of us. Anyways, I was like, dad, that's not funny. I can literally see you. So the door closes and then it opens again. So I get up and open the door like, dad, that's really, and that's all I can say because he's not there. I slam the door and rocket launch myself back onto the bed. Oh God. At this point, I'm terrified. And what happens when I'm terrified? I laugh hysterically. Oh, no. So I'm literally laughing so hard. And oh, the no. door opens again. Then it closes. Then it opens. Then it closes. And my sister is literally shaking because I'm sitting there laughing like a fucking psychopath. Oh, and the door God. is opening and closing by itself. Oh my God. This is important to remember for the next part of the story. Oh, so the door God. opens one more time. And my sister just yells, get out in Jesus' name. And the door fucking slams shut. Oh my God. We literally screamed, absolutely fucking terrified. Well, yeah. And my dad comes running into the room like, what the hell is going on? And we don't just say... And and we and we don't... Sorry, I'm losing my spot because it's That's so long. Okay. And we just don't say anything and he goes back to sleep. So my friend and sister come to sleep over and we're sitting by the closet out of... We're sitting by the closet, out of nowhere, I just start laughing. And at one point, I'm, I'm no longer, like, present. I'm just okay. kind of watching all of this unfold. Okay. 
My friend and my sister are all staring at me like I'm batshit crazy, which I guess by this point I am. They tell me my voice changed and went a lot deeper and darker. Oh, my God. I do not remember what happened next, and they are too afraid to tell me. But the next thing I know, I'm laying in my friend's arms, tears pouring down my cheeks. Shut up. And just being absolutely terrified. I couldn't get a hold of myself. So I turn over and I say a prayer in my head over and over until eventually I finally feel like I can control, my, I can control myself. My friend was about ready to walk home in the dark because she was so terrified. No. If it had been the other way around, I would have already left. No. My sister was so concerned and we would we just do, do not talk about that ever. In that house, my sister and I both suffered major depression and it always felt like such an unsafe place to be. I'm a firm believer that depression definitely comes with its own demons. So we moved eventually. My sister moved in with my grandmother. Whatever was in that house must have followed her because one day her friend came over. My sister casually threw a comb at the wall and she heard it hit the wall but never hit the floor. So she doesn't think much of it until she turns around and the comb is sitting perfectly positioned on the edge of the bed. She would hear footsteps walking outside of her window at night. She would call me crying because she's so terrified. The darkness I felt in that house is the same that I felt in her room. I live in that very room now and I still get the creeps that someone is watching me. I even heard footsteps outside the window one night when my friend was vis visiting. I plan on going to see a psychic on Friday. I will for sure update you on what she has to say. Thank you so much for an amazing podcast. That's a lot. Jesus Christ, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> oh. Well, I'm glad there's there's no and I feel like that I don't have closure. Well, I mean, yeah, she just told us like, yeah, a lot of shit happened. Yeah, that seems very paranormal. <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely is. But... Yeah. Oh God. Stay safe, Alexis. Yeah, I hope you're you're all right. Okay. Are we ready for our fuck Mary kills? Oh, we are. Okay. But we oh. d decided to do our fuck Mary kills based on people born on Friday the thirteenth. Oh. oh, I closed mine. <laughs> And now I only remembered two of them. Okay, well, I'll uh, do mine first. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus. Okay, love her. Um, this is one for, even though it's two people, it's one. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick them, so I didn't. And Christopher Plummer. Okay. Christopher Plummer. What does he look like? like that okay he's gonna die because he's old <laughs> okay i'll have sex with mary kate and ashley olsen okay and i'll marry julia, julia lewis dreyfus because she's hilarious she is fucking funny i don't think i could get through sex with her because i'd be laughing so hard. okay <laughs> but also i don't think sex with the olsen twins would be fun because i, feel I don't like think they're so just either. like statues at this point in time yeah um okay <laughs> i know that mine were cat dennings Okay, yes. Steve Buscemi <laughs> yeah. and Darius Rucker. That was the other one. Okay. So, I will <laughs> kill Darius Rucker. Whoa, okay. <laughs> I will have sex with Cat Dennis. You're going to kill Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, really. <laughs> I'm going to marry... Okay. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, because... He just, his whole entire face. Yeah, how could you get rid of you him? You can't kill him. 
No. He's going to live forever, I think. Yeah, he's going to be like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Maybe he is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> he is Nicolas. Yeah, because that showbiz, baby. <laughs> Stay spooky. That's it. That's the, Oh, no, we're not done. We have to, like, yeah, no. be profesh. Okay, so. <laughs> so a couple things. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, please, with your one-star reviews. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. You guys, Nicolina is very fragile. So I'm extremely fragile. Only I cannot five-star reviews. I cannot take <laughs> criticism. Like, I can, but it also, it makes me reevaluate my entire existence. To be fair, I remember reading my first one-star review when I did this by myself and how upset I was, and I was, like, ready to give it all up, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm fucking not. You don't get to win this round. Fair, 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 So fair. it's fine. Um, I'm just making my way I know, into, I know. you know, the business. Rate, review, <laughs> and subscribe, but with, like, helpful feedback. Like, yeah, if it's just not for you, then it's just not for you. But know what, what type so my, of podcast my metaphor, it is. My anyway. metaphor for this was, if you don't like sushi, you yes. don't go to a sushi restaurant yeah. and then go and review sushi and say, it was horrible. Right. You already hate sushi. Right. So you're it. not going to review anything that you already know you don't like. Yes. So just Maybe try Maybe I not... should change the um, the description of the podcast to be like... Comedy? Well, no, but it says Maria and Nicolina tell spooky stories, da-da-da, but I should be like, a lighthearted show right. where Maria and Nicolina... Right, right, right. Where we tell spooky stories to, like, our best friends. Okay. So rate, review, and subscribe with helpful feedback and review. And when I say review, like, yes, clicking the stars is a great way to help us. But write a quick review. Like, just literally, literally just write, like, love it, keep it up. Yeah. Like, easy. Or... Just so we know what your feelings are and yeah, how... Yeah, well, it also helps us get up the charts. Because yeah. we were on Chartable's Top 200 yeah. quite a few times. Three times this week, yeah. Right. So we need... We need... Um, more reviews essentially to yeah. climb it and then um you can follow us on instagram and on twitter so it's paranormal pod on instagram and paranormal pod underscore on twitter you can follow our personal accounts mine is at splendora underscore and at nicolina savelli sorry perfect it's okay and then um also write in your hometown haunts it's yeah paranormalpod at gmail.com and if you like our witty banter and you think we're funny you can also listen to our other podcast called can i call you uh that's on apple and spotify and ready for your listening pleasure yep and that's it for this week thanks for staying with us and as always stay spooky because that show biz baby bye